Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. I got a great email from Marco Manukian in Malta a few uh, a couple of weeks ago now, so it's been several days now, but I want to share that with you today. I've mainly been holding on to the information he shared with me uh, for a big show we're going to do coming up in March uh, focused on our national debt. There's a national debt deficit forum uh, taking place Monday, March 11th in Billings. And so I've been holding on to this email from Marco, but I, I want to share a little bit more from it actually today. Uh, and and I want to put it in perspective with the, the broader question that, that we've kind of been exploring here. Uh, we, we had a couple callers recently ask about a big meeting involving sheriffs from all across the United States in an apparent meeting with the FBI director. And apparently they were all told to brace and prepare for all sorts of threats facing this country. Now, this wasn't too surprising to me because the FBI director himself testified before Congress about the blinking lights, the threats that he is seeing everywhere right now. So it wouldn't surprise me that that he was meeting with all of these sheriffs and basically warning of the exact same thing. But anyway, a, a few days ago, I was able to catch up with Cascade County Sheriff Jesse Slaughter. Remember when that lockdown was taking place at, on Malmstrom Air Force Base? Uh, and sounds like it was just a false alarm. But anyway, I was I was catching up with Sheriff Slaughter talking about that. And, and since I had him on the phone, I said, hey, Sheriff, uh, I, I got another question, if I can just throw this one at you here for a second. And anyway, here's here's the, the question along with his answer. But a lot of people are just wondering about threats to this country in general, the, the flashing lights everywhere that the FBI director talked about. Apparently, there was a big sheriff's meeting with the FBI director. And basically, all these sheriffs are like, everybody brace yourselves. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, if you look what happened at the, military, at the southern border, um, you're seeing a lot of military-aged males from all over the world come in. Um, you know, the data that I've gotten is women and children usually don't survive the trip. They're oftentimes sold into sex slavery, sold off, all sorts of things to, you know, pay the cartels to go to get to the southern border. And unfortunately, the women and children become the currency. So a lot of, I mean, you're seeing women and children at the border. I'm not going to deny that. But I'm saying you're seeing a lot of military-aged males come into this country. Why are they coming into this country? Um, you know, and are they here to do us harm? Are they, what are they here to do? And, and I think you're seeing that, and that's your, like, obvious sign that bad times could be coming. Yeah, anyway, he says, yeah, you're seeing all of these military-aged males come across our southern border, and that in itself is an obvious sign that bad times could be coming. But just looking at the crime news across the country involving illegal aliens, we already know that not only are bad times coming, they're already here, as uh, Sheriff uh, Slaughter uh, also points out. Uh, but but here's, here's why this ties into that email that I got from Marco in Malta. If we're already spending your money like we're in a world war, what happens when we actually get into another world war? I'll start there next. Plus, phone lines are open for you. 2940970. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right. Yeah, you heard me correct. Phone lines are open for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about, 406-294-0970, or you can message us on our Montana Talks app. Uh, real quickly, I want to, I want to just play just a, another small portion of my conversation with Cascade County Sheriff Jesse Slaughter. Uh, and uh, anyway, I'll, I'll just jump right back right back into it here uh, for just a, a another second. Sheriff Slaughter, I, you know, I didn't need to see this video that's going around on the Internet. Apparently, uh, some of these sheriffs in, in other states warning about all the dangers facing our, all the threats facing our country right now. I mean, at the, at the point you were basically making right before the break is. It should be pretty obvious that our country is facing uh, a lot of threats right now, right? Oh, yeah. And this southern border policy has created a lot of the problem. Um, I'm not going to say it was created all of the problem because obviously we had issues with cartels and drugs prior to that. But, yeah, we have massive issues uh, of security, national security issues in this country, and that is one of our biggest sources of it. And I don't think we even understand. I don't think we can even remotely conceptualize because we're not tracking the people coming in like we're supposed to be. So uh, the problem is just just becoming insurmountable. So I agree with you. It's it's kind of uh, kind of a common sense thing. Yeah, because not only uh, have did we have the FBI director talking about all the flashing lights, the blinking lights that he's seeing everywhere involving these threats. But on top of that, you know, we we had this big threat that they were talking about last week and about a pension. You know, they're going to nuke us from space and the Russia threat. And then they didn't even mention China when it comes to the space race either. And so, yeah, it's just common sense that that what we see going on in America right now is that Joe Biden and John Tester have us on the brink of World War Three. Which goes back uh, to to this email that I got from Marco Manukian, the uh, the great former MSU extension agent for Phillips County, uh, and he's been sharing great information with me when it comes to our nation's uh, debt and deficit spending uh, for quite some time now. But he shared this a few days ago: interest costs will leapfrog defense and Medicare spending this year, so we're going to be spending more on interest payments to our national debt then we will to defend our country, not only on defense spending, but on Medicare spending as well. And so that's the question I'm raising is if we're already spending money like we're in a world war, what happens when they actually get us into another world war? Phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. First up on the phone lines, Kyle Austin uh, calling in from Billings. Hey, Kyle, great to hear from you. Hey, good morning, Montana. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, Kyle Austin here. It's been a while since I've been on, um, the owner of Farm 406. But That's I'm right. up in Kalispell today making this call in. So, um, Kalispell people, I'm in your area today. But, uh, yeah, i got a special announcement I want to make. But uh, before I get to that, I want to take a few and talk about a few things. Um, so, obviously, with Farm 406, we're, we've been busy and doing some cool things, bringing some robotics into the pharmacy and, and starting a new talk uh, radio show starting this Friday. If people want to join me talking about Montana health and Montana's future, um, those details are at farm406.com. Yeah. Anyway, back to... Uh, I saw your robotic deal, by the way. It's, it's a pretty cool-looking thing. When I was in there uh, buying my, my uh, pre-workout and BCAAs, et cetera, from, uh, from EFX Sports, it's basically you can, you can, it will sort and, and fill the, uh, the pill bottles, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, right? Kind of a cool-looking machine. 
Yeah, we got two, actually, two machines in there, and we got the, the one that I showed you with the, the vials that will fill the prescriptions, label it, cap it, and we just installed one last week that does the compliance packaging for people, so if you got mom, dad, grandma, grandpa that has, you know, 20, 30 bottles of prescriptions out there sitting on the counter, and, and they don't know when to take them, what to take, we put those in those compliance packaging for them, so they take their meds on schedule, on time, and conveniently. And this robot actually picks these pills, puts them in the bubble, spits it out, allows us to check it for verification. We seal it up and out the door it goes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're replacing jobs with robotics. And I'm like, no, I'm making our job more efficient for our community. And well, uh, How many and people can't find enough employees right now for jobs like that? And do you really want to be juggling pill bottles when you can have it organized, already ready ready to roll? So, yeah, I mean, it's... it's right. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's interesting. The, letting the robot do the work so we can spend more time doing what we have to do as, you know, pharmacists and pharmacy techs. So, yeah, robotics uh, definitely helping us out. We're the first in billings to roll this technology out. And so uh, I'm pleased to do that for the community. Yeah, very interesting. Well, I, I, I have seen you. So you ran for Congress uh, back in, what, the 2022 elections for the Eastern Congressional seat. Uh, came up short in the primary, but I, I see you're, you're throwing your hat into the ring once again here. And and you you announced e- even before uh, people knew whether or not Congressman Rosendale was going to run for re-election or not, right? Yeah, so even in 2022, you know, I got my feet wet and... You know, right even after I lost that uh, primary, um, I knew I was running again in 2024. Um, it was something, you know, it's it's stepping out. It's being a Montanan with my background of farming and ranching, being born on the High Line, uh, doctorate of pharmacy from the United uh, U of M in Missoula, um, small business owner. I mean, it's something that Montana needs someone that was born and raised here with our values stepping up and going to Congress. It, interesting. Well, well, what do you think? We got about uh, well, fifteen seconds before the break, and then I'll come back to you after that. But what do you think? Is is Congressman Rosendale going to run for re-election? Uh, sounds like he's going to announce a decision soon, according to the uh, Washington Times. You know, I don't think he will because here's the message he sent for he sent out to the voters already. I don't want to be a congress no congressman no more. I want to be a senator. And so you think he's done. All right, hold hold that thought. Kyle Kyle Lawson will come back to you. Uh, Phone lines are open if you want to call in as well. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, very interesting. So uh, Kyle Austin, uh, who's uh, who's already announced that he's uh, throwing his hat into the ring for the Eastern Montana congressional seat as well. Uh, many of you know him from uh, Farm Four Hundred Six. But uh, it was interesting. I, I asked him right before the break. I said, you know, right now um, the 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 most information I've gotten officially is the Washington Times. Quoting Ashka Varma, spokeswoman for uh, Congressman Rosendale's campaign, told the Washington Times that the lawmaker would be, quote, announcing a decision soon as to whether or not he plans to run for reelection. 
Now, there's all sorts of rumors that are out there floating as well, but that's the official, uh, th that's the latest official statement that I've heard. I mean, some of the rumors, Casey Schreiner, who was the Democrat minority leader in the House of Representatives, he went on Twitter, says he's hearing rumors that Rosendale is going to resign altogether from the House or something like that. So who knows? That's just a rumor as far as, as, far as we know right now. But this is interesting. Um, I, in fact, somebody just sent this to me during the break. As the this is a, a tweet here from Kirk. Is it Beto? Uh, he's with the Hotline, the National Journal Hotline. Uh, he, Kirk's, Kirk shared this as the Montana World waits for Matt Rosendale to announce whether he is running for the Montana Second Congressional District again. His Win Red digital fundraising account seems to be shut down. So again, not confirmation, but is it a sign? Uh, anyway, Kyle Austin, yeah, you, you're saying that you don't expect him to run uh, uh, for the House uh, again. You said sounds like he wanted to run for the Senate. He was done with the House, and so he may be done with the House. But either way, if if that's indeed the case, it's going to be a crowded field. Uh, former Congressman Denny Reberg uh, announced yesterday that he's going to step into the, the race. you got Elsie Arnson, Troy Downing, uh, Rick Holden. Uh, uh, Ken Bogner, I believe, would jump in. Uh, Stacy's in. A whole bunch of, uh, of, of of great folks. So it's going to be a crowded field. Of, and so wh why are you running? Why, why did you want to uh, take a shot at it again? Well, so eastern Montana and, and all of Montana needs someone that has Montana values. So when we look at the problems we have in our United States government, I mean, we have a lot of rogue government. We need more control there. But the United States Congress is not a retirement home, and it's became a retirement home. So we need to get those individuals that are older age, retired, we need to get them out and get some fresh ideas in there. Now, in our eastern district, we have a lot of farmers and ranchers. So who understands agriculture? Okay, Rosendale and his team dropped the ball on the egg bill this year. They did not pass the egg bill last year. So guess what? Biden had to extend it until September of this, you know, 2025 until Congress can address it again. But who on that whole list of candidates understands agriculture? Nobody but me. Okay, you have a DEA agent that took away your guys' cold medicine, and then she created more red tape for farmers and ranchers. You got a superintendent of public schools who's running, and these new grads that are eligible to vote do not even know what Congress is, okay? Go out and ask your 18-year-olds that can vote this year, do you know what Congress is? And they're going to be like, what is Congress? Then we have a Montana commissioner of insurance practice, okay? This guy here has let insurance companies run rogue, walk all over farmers and ranchers, walk all over your health insurance. He is not the right candidate for Congress, guys. We need to turn those insurance companies upside down and rewrite those rules. So it sounds like you're not you're not intimidated by the the lengthy uh, number of folks that have jumped into this race. Some with uh, statewide positions. All right. Well, Kyle, thanks no. for calling in. Uh, great to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, man, once the uh, once the primary uh, filing deadline is over and we actually get in the primary election, we'll eventually you know do scheduled time for all the candidates. But in the meantime, it, it's great to get. Uh, it's great to get the, the surprise phone calls from folks uh, jumping in on the conversation. Uh, Kyle Austin, thanks for calling in. Phone lines are open for you as well, 406-294-0970. And uh, 
you could be a candidate for Congress or uh, you don't have to be a candidate for Congress. Uh, the phone lines are open for you. That's why it's called Montana Talks. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, real quickly, um, back to this email from uh, Marco Manukian. Yeah, Marco tells me this, this information comes from the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Now, um, so, so basically it's saying that interest costs will leapfrog defense and Medicare this year. And then, of course, it only gets worse after that. But as a, res- as a result of high rates on growing debt, interest payments are projected to exceed $1 trillion annually by 2026 and grow to $1.6 trillion by 2034. Over the next decade, interest will total $12.4 trillion. Interest costs alone would exceed $15 trillion, an additional $3 trillion if rates are just one percentage point above projections. And so, again, it goes back to my point. Our debt-to-GDP ratio of spending is all, has already surpassed the debt-to-GDP ratio of spending during World War II. They're already spending our money as if we are in a world war. What happens when Joe Biden and John Tester actually get us into another world war? Uh, anyway, and then and then before I get into these uh, these callers on the phone lines here, uh, uh, just one other one other thing I want to plug this event Monday, March eleventh. State Senator Tom McGilvery is putting together an event featuring former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum, a national debt deficit forum um and they've got a great lineup of speakers that are going to be a part of that and our friend david noble who uh, guest hosts the program here is going to be the uh, the moderator uh, for that discussion as well so it's going to be a great event all right uh two nine four zero nine seventy the number for you frank in evergreen uh what's on your mind thanks for the call Good about student loan forgiveness yeah you have to have there has to be a little empathy for some of the students they uh um, they're starting out life with all these uh, attractive credit card offers from banks, etc., zero percent for X amount of months. Of course, the default rates are just terrible, they're like pawn shop rates. And it's um, whenever there's a rollout for, for a new platform, say Microsoft, and these banks. On, we're doing their online banking. Uh, if you're doing online banking on the weekend, that is when they're upgrading their software. So if you're trying to make that payment and avoid going into default pricing, uh, you're probably out of luck. And they don't. And these lenders don't have a lot of sympathy or, and empathy for these borrowers. It's like a, a cruel lesson to them. But uh, now, now. Another thing that's coming up is the Postal Service here here in Kalispell. Now, if you send out a letter, it's instead of going, going to the local post office, it's going to be sent to a, a sorting center in Spokane, mm-hmm. and then it's going to, to a distribution center in Missoula, and then back to Kalispell, and then get distributed again. That's right. Making, that's right. That, it, it, remember when? Remember when? What was it in 2020 when there were issues with the postal service in Missoula, 
And, man, if you were a liberal TV news reporter, you could do award-winning coverage by blaming it all on Donald Trump and claiming that it was all some grand election conspiracy. But now, fast forward as Joe Biden is president, and there's problem with the Postal Service in Missoula, and they want they want your, your uh, wait-a-minute Mr. Postman to cross two mountain passes – to give you uh, the mail that used to come from across the street. Now they're going to cross two mountain passes to deliver it to Missoula. It's no longer an election conspiracy that the president of the United States is not doing something about the postal services in Missoula, Montana. Where's the award-winning coverage that they were so desperate to trot out in 2020, right? Well, Frank, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear from you. Yeah, this whole student loan story, I think it was a listener in Malta who called in about that yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, uh, anyway, I'm not, I, th- I think it was a listener in Malta who had called in and just left a message with us. But uh, yeah, this, this student loan fiasco, it, it is so outrageous that they want you to pay for the student loans of, of them. You know, if you're somebody who didn't take out a big student loan and you went into plumbing or construction and maybe you took out a loan for a tool set or a pickup and now they want you to pay for some other kid's loan that just went and partied in college for a few years. Uh, And I've said it before. I mean, I paid off my student loans in Afghanistan. Uh, Now, I had a little bit of GI Bill for a couple years of college and and, and things like that, but but I also had some debt for my first two years of college. And I paid that off while I first started working in broadcasting, which, as you know, doesn't pay that much. But I was still paying off my bills. I guess I could have been spending it somewhere else, could have been spending it, you know, I could have been spending it in downtown Bozeman and risk getting stabbed by illegal aliens today. But uh, but but no, I paid off my bills because that's what Montanans do. But no, now now we as Montanans are supposed to pay their bills for them. It's so crazy. Uh, Rory uh, in uh, Great Falls back on the phone lines. Uh, Rory, I think, yeah, you uh, you're with the uh, Bleeding Soldiers outfit. Anyway, Rory, what did you want to share this morning? Yeah, hey, uh, how you doing, Aaron? Uh, we ended up, uh, you know, bleeding soldiers. We're we're still doing the battle. We're trying to fight with the state, trying to get these uh, soldiers benefits. Uh, just got a legal document here. It says uh, if complaint can't be successfully resolved in the department, the complaint can request referral of the matter to the state attorney. Section ten dash one dash eighteen. To certain situations, the state attorney general may file a lawsuit on the behalf and act as an attorney for the complaint. So what we're doing is we're trying to get the Attorney General, Knutson, to see that we have filed a complaint of 102 form with the Montana National Guard and IG. Uh, we did a DOD and the National Guard Bureau. They have both cases. They're sitting in court. They also have the documents for the seven cases at the governor's house and requested an audit against the guard unit. Mm. Well, what's going on is that these officers are not... Hold, hold that thought for just a second, Rory. Hold that thought. I'm hearing the music. we got to run to a quick break, but um, I want to come back to you after that. So, yeah, so you called in before. You were saying, hey, we've got these claims of these of these soldiers. You took it up with John Tester. He didn't do anything or couldn't do anything or wouldn't do anything for whatever reason. But now you're saying, hey, maybe the attorney general... Uh, can help out. All right, Rory, stand by. We'll come right back to you after this. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. USDA is taking steps to combat western U.S. wildfires. The agency is investing $500 million to expand work on the Forest Service wildfire crisis strategy. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Bilsack says the goal is to reduce the risk of wildfires for communities, critical infrastructure, and natural resources. 
Those landscapes, roughly 252 five sheds for investments. We fortunately received an historic down payment investment in Forest Health. The funding comes from $400 million in the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Law that will help allocate ongoing efforts on 21 designated priority landscapes. All told, the investments that we've made to date are providing greater security for 550 communities that interface with these forest areas. 1,800 watersheds and 2,500 miles of power lines are better protected and will be better protected as a result of the investments that we have made and will continue to make. Bill Sack says the money they've spent to prevent wildfires has already exceeded the goals they set. With these resources, we have, over the course of the last several years, exceeded targets for treatment and hazardous fuel reduction. In fact, we had a record amount of acres treated and a record number of acres involved in prescribed fires. Again, that was Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack on funding to help prevent catastrophic wildfire. I'm Lane North Blonde. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, yeah. Perry from Columbus called in during uh, called in. Uh, well, actually, just before the break, called in, left a message with our producer. He says he is wishing uh, that Rosendale would campaign and stay in the House as the true conservative. So that was from Perry. In Columbus, and I think Perry might have called in earlier in the week, and yeah, and, and we we do have to limit callers to once a week uh, in this uh, statewide show, just because otherwise, some you know, we got we want to give other folks the chance to call in. In fact, if you're somebody who tries to call in and and or or you've never called in before, well, now is a great time for you to call in because we've got some phone lines open for you. If you call right now. 406-294-0970. Uh, but back to Rory um, with the uh, Bleeding Soldiers uh, group. He's called in before. He's had a Great Falls. They've got a Facebook page and more. Um, so, so Rory, if I'm summarizing uh, correctly here, so you've basically you've got a, a group of soldiers who had some sort of line of duty injury during their time of service, but for whatever reason, it didn't get properly documented. The paperwork didn't get done. So you're trying to get these soldiers taken care of here uh, after the fact, but you're kind of running into some some hurdles and some stumbling blocks. So you, I think the last time you called in, you said you were trying to get uh, Senator Tester as chair of the VA committee to do something. He wouldn't do anything for you. But now you're thinking maybe Montana's attorney general could file a lawsuit on your behalf. Is is that kind of a good summary? And then what more did you want to share? Yeah, yeah. No, the, what it is is it's uh, Attorney General Austin, uh, if I'm doing it right, he was requested many times uh, to represent us. Uh, somehow or another, that paperwork is not getting through. Now, you got to remember, this is through the pandemic of 2020, 2021, 2022. And that paperwork... Somehow it never got completed. Uh, the governor's got the case, the auditor's got it, the Montana National Guard, the IG, and all them. And their request was to have representation for these soldiers. And it says in our Montana law that they're supposed to be representatives. Now, we filed a court order motion in the Cascade County here for his representation for these soldiers, or even start of one. Uh, that way there we can start getting these problems resolved and what we're finding is that commanders did not file the paperwork within the timeline of the air force regulation it's afi 36 29 10 they're supposed to file it within 85 days 90 days 
they fell short. And they didn't do it once, but they did it twice. And all these soldiers, I got one that's got stage four cancer and he's dying. And and he needs immediate. I'm I'm fighting trying to save this guy's life and I don't have any legal representation because people are too scared to take on the state. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so uh, I well I got a note from let's see, Eli and Billings messaged us on our app here and says uh, to Rory the, the attorney general's office uh, doesn't represent individuals or private entities. They they represent the state, i.e., state officials. So in in your case, whether they agreed with you or not, they would have to represent the 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 guard itself or, or something like that. But um, but but Eli says, hey, maybe try the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, for something like this. So I, I I'm not sure on that front. While I got you, Rory, I got to get your take on this student loan story as well here. So I was talking with a fellow veteran earlier this morning uh, out of Billings and and, you know, I think that kind of put this in perspective. So here's here is uh, here is uh, President Biden. He was rejected by the Supreme Court, but yet he's still trying to to give these, you know, to make us pay for other people's student loans. And 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 this guy out of Billings was saying, God, you know what we as veterans, it's like so here we have the V.A., Using VA personnel to file healthcare claims for illegal aliens, and yet veterans, uh, in many cases, are not getting a timely, proper response to their claims at the national level. And so, and then here we go again: the same administration that's that's diverting VA resources to help illegal aliens is is the same administration that's saying, "Hey, all you veterans who served and sacrificed in order to." Uh, in order to uh, to get the GI Bill, yeah, that doesn't matter. We're going to make you pay for the student loans of all these other kids out there. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely not fair. I mean, I'm 20 days short of 20 years, and I've served my country, my state, my state, Montana, love it. But to have somebody get a free ride, you know, 52 million for prepaid cards? No, 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 no. That should be going to soldiers, literally families, wives, children, trying to get them back on their feet so they can support their communities. It's ridiculous that they can manipulate and make other people believe that this is right. But it's not. This is that media that's wrong. I mean, uh, people are hurting on the streets, and they're veterans, and they need help. They need that hand. God gave you that chance to do that. We need to do that for our veterans. We sign the line. We sign that line. We do it every time. We're doing it in Texas. We're doing it on the northern borders. We're doing it on other coasts. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and, just, and my thing I'm is, is of, my thing is, is it's like, okay, I, I, I didn't join to serve. I joined because of 9-11. You know, I, you know, and I wasn't the best soldier. I mean, man, there's so many, uh, you know, so many fellow veterans that, that that did and still run circles around me. But but I just felt compelled to join after 9-11 and, and the terror attacks. I mean, I, I was on Capitol Hill when it happened, you know, and so um, but it didn't matter where you were at. You remember where you were that day. Right. And so. Uh, whether you were on the farm or whether you were like one of my one of my classmates at basic training who was working for Goldman Sachs as their youngest ever vice president at the time and was there when the attacks happened. And so he left this incredibly lucrative job to go, you know, become an infantryman in the army. Right. But it didn't matter where you were. That's why you joined. And so yeah, the education benefits were nice. The GI Bill. OK, that, that's a nice you know addition. But that's not why you joined. So so it's it's not about the fact that that, oh, somebody else is getting something. 
that I didn't get because I had to pay for it in another way, right? It's not about that. I'm also looking at it from our country is is in peril right now. Our national debt is a massive crisis facing this country. That is one of our greatest national security threats right now, if not the greatest national security threat right now. And so here we are. Here we are as a country going into deeper debt and and we're imperiling the future of this country. And so for those of us who serve, we ultimately serve because we care about the future of this country. And we see this as yet another, yet another move to bankrupt America. And to put our freedom in, in peril and our freedom in jeopardy, and that's that's really what it what it comes down to, and what the concern is from my standpoint. But yeah, uh, Rory, thanks for the phone call. Uh, phone lines are open for you four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Here is what our our friend John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, who was with us Tuesday on this show, he shared this video clip uh, from C-SPAN. I think at theblaze.com had shared this uh, via X uh, via X. Listen to Joe Biden as he announces. I mean, he just comes out and says it. He just comes out and says it. He is going to ignore the Supreme Court. Early in my term, I announced a major plan to provide millions of working families with debt relief for their college student debt. Tens of millions of people in debt were literally about to be canceled, their debts. But my MAGA Republican friends in the Congress, elected officials and special interests stepped in and sued us. And the Supreme Court blocked it and blocked it. But that didn't stop me. I announced we were going to pursue alternative paths for student debt relief uh, for as many borrowers as possible. And that's the effort that's been underway the last two years. I fixed what's called the SAVE plan. Anyway, so yeah, he says, make the most- even though the Supreme Court basically told him that he couldn't, that didn't stop me. That didn't stop me. Okay. Well, for any of these liberal journalists here in Montana that will praise this move... By Joe Biden. Well, I want you to praise the latest move from the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services. Do you guys remember when um, when this liberal judge in Yellowstone County was trying to force the the transgender birth certificates? That judge has since uh, retired. But remember when the judge was forcing the transgender birth certificates? And why why does the left want to force transgender birth certificate changes? Because because they want boys to be able to identify as girls and then throw your daughters around, throw your granddaughters around on the basketball floor. Kind of like that school. Where, where was that story out of where this boy who identifies as a girl injured three high school girls during a high school girls basketball game because he identifies as a girl. So he got to play in the girls basketball game. At one point, you can see the video as this, as this boy throws this girl to the floor absolutely throws her to the floor these three young girls were so badly injured they had to get pulled out of the game and the team had to forfeit because they didn't have enough players because so many of them got injured by a boy identifying as a girl this liberal judge wants to force the transgender birth certificates so that that can happen to your kids and to your grandkids and take away opportunities for girls and girls sports well uh you remember um the judge says no state of montana you can't block these transgender birth certificates and 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 anyway, now the state has said, OK, well, uh, we're still going to do it, but we're going to do it slightly differently. You watch as these same liberal journalists. How dare you defy that liberal judge? How dare you? The pearl clutching will will commence, right?
Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, this is pretty cool. We've been talking a little bit about the 2024 elections this morning here on this show. One of our listeners just uh, flagged this for me. Let's see, who was it that that uh, flagged this for me via Twitter, via X.com? Well, I'll find out in a second, but Vivek Ramaswamy. Are you, uh, you guys like this Vivek Ramaswamy guy? He's impressive, isn't he? Vivek Ramaswamy uh, just endorsed uh, Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy. In the U.S. Senate race here in Montana, he says this, the moral duty leaders owe is to the citizens of this nation, not another one. Public service should be about serving the public, not yourself. Today, I'm endorsing uh, Tim Sheehy for U.S. Senate. He's a Navy SEAL, a businessman, and a patriot who understands what America first is really about. That just came out from uh, Vivek Ramaswamy here earlier this morning. Oh, uh, Ray Bruns is. Did I pronounce that? Is it Bruns or Bruns? Ray. Uh, Ray shared that with me via Twitter. Ray, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, adding me in on that. I hadn't seen that news yet. Neil in the Flathead. Next up on the phone lines. What's going on, Neil? Hey, Aaron. How are you doing this morning? Hey, pretty good. Better than I deserve, as Dave Ramsey would say. Oh, good old Dave Ramsey. Now. <laughs> so, Speaking Aaron, of debts, did... right? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, listen, I just had a couple of things to say to our, kind of to our younger generation that's, that's in college, that's gone through college, and, you know, is getting these student loans paid for, or maybe being offered to have these student loans paid for. I, I just, I feel so, I feel bad for them. Not only is it so hard, I have a bunch of young employees, and I watch them all struggle. My, one of, one of my foremen, is living in a crappy two-bedroom apartment with people all around him, and he's trying to have a family. He just got married. And I pay him really well, and he can't afford to get out of it. Mm. He never went to college. I'm not here to whine about, oh, that money should be used somewhere else. We yeah. can do that all day long. Sure, yeah. never get any. But these young men and women that are going to college, it's it's kind of their right to pay that student loan. Not, not just an obligation, but it's their kind of their contribution to the u.s right like, it's like a duty yeah you should you exactly sh- you should be thankful that we live in a you know montana one of our our selling points is montanans uh, there's there's many of them but we are better th- at paying our debts if we say we're gonna if we say we're gonna do something yeah. we're gonna do it right maybe even to a we're fault sometimes we're gonna do it we're gonna do it it's not gonna take us all day to do it we're just gonna go ahead and do what we say we're gonna do i got no problem with that but these younger kids the whole call to higher education started started way back in the day when nobody was educated, right? Mm-hmm. You everybody was self educated. They read Black Blackstone. They read all these good, good, solid law books and and all this stuff that you read that you read, you know, when there when there is no college. Mm-hmm. And so education was something sought after. Today. I don't feel like education is something sought after. My, it's a box to check. Really, it's a box to check. Well, I mean, do they even care what your GPA is anymore? Do they even care? No, it's like, oh, you got a degree. Okay, and, what's your degree in? Ah, who cares, right? And exactly. the other so thing I think about. Worth, go ahead. No, no, you finish your thought. Apologize. Yeah. Well, I think that if it's something worth chasing and it's something worth investing money in, 
You should be passionate about that. Do what everybody else did 30, 40 years ago. Get three jobs, eat rice and beans, starve to death, be poor. And that is where the college education thrives, when you're uncomfortable and when you're hungry and you want it. People used to be hungry for a higher education. And we are no longer hungry for a college education. Because they expect, they're told that they have to go do it. So then they're like, man, if I have to do that, yeah, no, that's that's an interesting point. Rice and beans, man, uh, man, you were fancy. It was uh, ramen noodles and maybe a can of tuna if you throw it in there for the protein. I was going to get to Ed and Billings on, I was going to get to Ed and Billings on the phone lines, but it looks like he dropped off. Neil, when you talk about one of your young workers, I think about, okay, let's say you're one of these young, young couples, you know, and you got a little baby, right? Okay, sure. you might be thinking, you know what, I don't like it, but hey, if they're going to forgive my student loans or, or pass my student loans off to somebody mm-hmm. else, well, whatever. But here's the deal. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like, look at everything that has happened in the last three years. Okay, let's say mm-hmm. Joe Biden did away with your student loan payment. You still can't afford a yeah. new house because of the interest rates yeah. and because of the inflation. Yeah. And the, the average yeah. American family is losing $11,000 a year. No kidding. Because of the Joe Biden, John Tester inflation. So it's like, huh, would you rather pay your student loan off with the average, with the regular monthly payment you've been paying it off uh, and be able to afford a house and be able to afford groceries because you're not going to whack with everything else over there. And so, yeah, it's a way to say, hey, look at what I did for you over here. Don't look at everything I took away from you over there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Aaron. It, it breaks my heart to look at these young men and women that struggle and they come up to me and man i pay them really well i pay all my guys really well and they and i'm friends with i'm friends with they're like fam they're they're truly like family and i just it aaron it breaks my heart i mean i'm i i don't i don't know what to tell these guys they come up to me and they want to get they want to get into a small chunk of property even a small lot um i live up in the flathead where prices are inflated but even a small lot in a in like a in like a you know small town like hungry horse martin city going for a hundred thousand bucks Oh yeah, yeah. It's what, I remember, uh, man. I remember, you know, speaking of like, you know, home prices. It, it was it was crazy. I was at the equipment dealers convention last fall in in Whitefish, and uh, the Democrat representative from Whitefish was there, and it was just kind of fun talking with him. He still lives in the house he bought in 1988 in Whitefish, and he bought it for like eighty thousand dollars. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> but man, can, I did. I didn't even ask him what you know. That would just be rude to ask him what. What the property's worth now uh, from from back then. All right, hey, thanks for the call. Sorry we ran out of time.